What is prayer? We wanted to start a series talking about what prayer is, what intercession is. Going into this prayer movement, I remember the early days, I thought it was sitting in a room, maybe some other people there, maybe just me, but you're closing your eyes, folding your hands, you're praying. You're talking to God. That's that's what prayer was. It looked a, it looked a certain way, but being in this prayer movement, it really opened up my eyes, expanded my vision for what it is, and we all kind of have our ideas. So we're going to talk about that in this podcast. This is the Burning Rooms podcast. Welcome to the Burning Rooms Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we connect you to the prayer movement in Canada and beyond, where we have the conversations, share the stories to strengthen your corporate and your personal prayer life. My name is Johan. I'm Jehu. I'm Brian. And I'm Jessica. And I'm Jaden. We got a big cast of people <laughs> joining us today to talk about what prayer is and what we think prayer is and biblically what prayer is. Yeah, it's the first in hopefully a series on answering this question because you might be able to say, oh, prayer, it's talking to God. There we go. Episode done. No need for a series. But I think there's more to dive in here. I think there's nuance. I think there's Bible passages. I think there's life experiences and stories and ideas that prayer is such an integral part of our faith that we are people who pray. I want to give space for us to to dive into this topic. I think a podcast on prayer should uh, have an episode on prayer. I think that's pretty worthy. It's probably a good idea. So we got some guests on with us. We got Jessica and we got Jaden. Jaden, can we start with you? If someone asked you the, the question, what is prayer? What would your response be to them? Well, I think what comes to mind is sort of that general explanation that J.U. gave is prayer is like a dialogue and it's a conversation with God. And that may sound simple on the surface, but I think as we're going to be talking about it, there's a lot more to it. And one of the things that comes to mind is when I've read different books, a lot of heroes of the faith, they attributed their uh, continuing and the work that they were doing to the prayer that they had. They would say, you know, if I wasn't praying, if I wasn't communing with Jesus, I wouldn't have been sustained. And I think if you know, if they can spend 20, 30 years in prayer before God and attribute what they've been able to do to prayer, then surely there's a lot more to it than just a simple dialogue. Yeah, it can't just be dialogue because then if I have a conversation with Brian here at the table, then we can say that's prayer because it wouldn't be prayer to God, it'd be prayer to each other. Like there's something about prayer that goes beyond just having a conversation. Yeah, and I often feel like too, when we talk about prayer, we we kind of stop at that that um, that answer that like, yeah it's a conversation between us and God, and then it it sort of just kind of ends there. But it's like, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that actually look like to have a conversation with the Creator of the universe? And and we don't get beyond that that initial. Oh, it's just a conversation between you and God. But yeah, we're talking to an invisible being who created heaven and earth. What does that actually look like? What are the the practicals of that? For me, it really brings the question of how do you know he's hearing you? Because if he's God, capital G, God, creator, sustainer, 
how do I know that I'm getting through? Like a conversation, you might have a conversation with someone and you don't feel like you're getting through to them. How much more to God? How do we know that our prayers are are heard or understood or appreciated? To me, a conversation doesn't always go well. Sometimes you have conversations that fall flat. People misunderstand. They don't hear you. They're, you know, they're on their phone. How do we know that God's not distracted when we're praying? I think it's interesting too, because we're not the first people and people group and culture to ask this question. If you look in every single religion, there's a form of prayer. If you go all around the world, if you go to indigenous groups, there's a form of prayer and it looks different because lots of them, they have to offer something to get to God, right? So who am I to sit on my bed at home and talk to God? Like everyone, if you ask different people around the world, they would have different views on that. Well, no, you need a you need to bring an offering to him. You need to do these things. And like if you're actually asking access to the ear of creator God, like who are you? Who are you? And so it, I mean, it brings the whole gospel into play, obviously, in that. But I think our access to prayer is some is like our most powerful weapon and something we so easily forget. Like I feel like it can easily be the first thing to go. Like, well, I don't really have time to pray. (laughs) Like, or I don't know. It's so simple and it's so accessible that somehow, well, it's just the enemy who wants to hide it and have us forget how powerful it is. But I mean, you can pray anywhere, anytime. The Bible actually says that you should uh, pray always. It's a good verse. We can make that the cornerstone verse for the episode. <laughs> but like we don't, I, I forget. I can go a whole day and forget to talk to God, but that's an injustice. Do you think it's the ease of it? Like if you had to do a ritual, if there was an offering, if there was a series of steps, you might take it a little more seriously. Do you think maybe you take prayer for granted because it's just a conversation? I think I might. Yeah, I think there's something that I don't always go into it with the reverence of just how amazing this is that a loving God is waiting to listen to me and wants to move because I'm talking to him. No, I don't approach prayer with that every single day and I should, (laughs) but I I don't want the rituals because I don't want religion. But (laughs) I wonder like if you once a week had to do it, how, how would you like, okay, what am I going to bring? What is my most urgent request? How would you just have reverence and fear around that that conversation and that request but now we can we can talk to them all the time anywhere and we don't always and again i think the idea of the unlimited requests if you were going to go to the king and you only got to go once in your life before the king to ask something from them this was your one time to make your request known to someone who could do something about it you would think long and hard you would you would really put your heart and soul into crafting that request what, what is the thing that i most want the thing i most need done for me what is my miracle we don't have a cap on the number of things we can ask God sure, for. Yeah. We can ask him for anything and it's almost it's it's almost too much. Like right. the fact that you can ask him for anything, sometimes you don't ask him for anything. Right. Yeah, I, I think some of it comes back to this idea of who are we talking to? Like maybe one of the first parts about prayer, right, is actually coming into an understanding of who it is we're talking to. And I know for myself, like one of the easiest cures to boredom in prayer is Revelation 4. Because normally it's like, yeah, you're, you're talking to God, but because you can't see him, sometimes it's almost like you're just throwing up your prayers up into the air. And, you know, God's up there kind of somewhere ethereal, you know, in the expanse of the heavens. And But, but we forget that, that he's a real being on a real throne surrounded by living creatures and the 24 elders and the, the glory of who he is. And, and I think for me, that's, a, that's often a starting point, especially when my prayer feels boring or dull and you're wondering, like, does he hear me? Who is he? Is like, 
is to actually come into a bit of that um, that knowledge of who he is, right? Where where we understand it's it's just it's just this weird thing. And I've said this to people before. I said I, I believe I have the most important job in all of Canada as an intercessory missionary, and the, tr- the same is true of every single believer. We have the most important. The, the position of the most important authority in all of our nation, because when our, our, our premiers in our, in our provinces, you know, they, they have their meetings and they make decisions over an entire province, or our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, will make, make decisions together with other leaders for our entire nation. And that sounds really, really impressive. But, but every time I go to God in prayer, I'm talking to the God of the universe. And to me, that's the foundation of prayer is understanding who I'm talking to, that this, this one that I'm talking to is the one who actually um, holds all of them together. I feel like I've, we've talked about this a little bit on one of our podcasts before, um, but, but it's just this, this the reality of, oh my goodness, he's God. Like it, it's a conversation with God, yeah, but it's a conversation with God. You know, like slow it down, maybe throw a bit of an American accent on that. I don't know there, God, but like just, no, it's like the, the God of the universe, of heaven and earth, who, like, I'm talking to him, but he's actually sustaining all the molecules in my body at the exact same time. And that really changes the way that, that I approach him. And I, I mean, and there's, the, there's more to him than that, but, but that's one of the pieces that's really helpful for me. And Jay, you mentioned, like, bringing your request before the king. The thing is, with, with prayer and speaking with God, he's more than just a king. He's also, he's also our friend. He's also our bridegroom. He's also our brother. I mean, the, the list, there's a list of many attributes that he is, but he's so many things to us. And, and that changes the way we approach him, depending on our emotional moment, even at the time. Like we can approach him at all times because, because we're feeling different ways all the time. We're emotional people. We're up and down and up and down. So sometimes we need to approach God as our father because we need a father. Sometimes we need to approach him as our friend because, you know, I just need a friend to talk to. Sometimes we need that king, the one with high authority who's going to change and shift things in the spiritual atmosphere. And we can approach him that way. Sometimes we can combine the two. And he's like, oh, he's my, he's my king, but he's also my father. And I think that just... I don't know, that just makes prayer so much more enjoyable when we know that he is all these things to us and we can approach him differently. And I think it's also important to know, like, what does God think of prayer? Is he a king who's distracted and not listening to us? What's his relationship to us? Like you were saying, Johan, like he's our father. He, he's attentive to when we're speaking to him. He knows when we're in pain, when we're in need, even when we're not praying and we get hurt by others. He's aware of it. Like he says that not one sparrow falls to the ground without him noticing and we're of so much more value than they. And I think of when Jesus was talking about prayer, he said that, uh, my father, he always hears me because I always do the things that please him and how he knew that his prayers were heard before God. And that gives us the confidence that we're not just speaking words into the air, but we're having the conversation. Though sometimes we feel like we do experience the delay in the response. We can come with confidence, I mean, in Hebrews, with boldness to the throne of God that he hears us. So, we talked about a little bit what prayer is and and who he is, and that's that's a huge key part in understanding actually what prayer is. But so, what does that actually look like? 
I think in prayer, one of the things that comes to mind is, or two things, is the act of like thankfulness in prayer and, and declaring who God is back to Him, and also like the other side of it in sort of like this war, warfare kind of uh, type of like this military thing of we're going to pray and we're going to pray in the breakthrough and we're going to like advance the kingdom of light in prayer, and also we're going to thank God for what He is doing, and that also being prayer. So, I see it kind of taking different activities in the conversation with God. I like to think of prayer, like personal prayer, as, as friendship with the Lord. And so, it's a it's a conversation, and and, and by conversation, like we, we use, we've thrown that word out a bunch of times, we really believe that He speaks back to us, that, that He actually has things He wants to tell us, that I mean, he spoke to so many people in the Old Testament through prophets, but then he put the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And so it would be crazy to think that that the Holy Spirit, that the prophets didn't even have, you know, on the inside of them, that God would put the Holy Spirit inside of us and then tell them to be quiet and not say anything. That doesn't make any sense. He actually speaks to us through the Word, by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible's always our, our, our standard for what he says, but he does speak to us. And so in, in terms of friendship, it's it's actually just this reality that, yeah, uh, you know, as I said before, he is the king of the universe, but as um, Johan said, like, he's also our friend. And so, we can go before the all-powerful one and actually tell him what's going on in our life, and we can be real with him because he knows it anyway. You know, you can actually share your real emotions with him because he knows what they are before you say it. He actually knows your emotions better than you do. He knows all the things you're repressing, you know, like when you're feeling frustrated or whatever, but you dare not say it in prayer. He already knows that anyway. You're not... You know, it's like Adam and Eve trying to hide from him in the garden. It's it's not going to work. And so, I love that reality where we can just be real with him in prayer. And he's big enough that he can handle it, but he's also like, he's also holy. And so, he's going to lead us to maturity. He's not going to leave us in our in our wrestling, but it's okay to wrestle with him. So, I love that, that, that real conversation thing. But I also see prayer uh, as a partnership as well. And so, in intercession, when, I, when I'm asking for things, I'm, I'm understanding that God is an emotional God. And that God has real feelings about real issues. And so, when I come into intercession and I think about God as a friend, He wants to speak to me, there are things that are on His heart. And so, when I come into intercession, I think about it as partnership. It's not really what I want, it's about what He wants. And, and in many ways, for me in intercession, what it's, what it's about is, is to coming into an understanding of God, what, is, what do you feel? What's burning on your heart? You look down at the city of Winnipeg, what do you feel? You look down at the, at the church in Canada, what, what do you feel? And, and what I'm after is partnership with him. I want to know his heart. I don't even want to pray for something until I actually know what, what, what's burning on his heart. I want to feel the emotions that he's feeling. I want to feel the fire that's in his spirit. I want to feel the, the areas where he's filled with grief. I want to feel the areas where he's filled with excitement and hope. I want to feel the areas where his promises are about to be poured out. Um, I, I, I want to be in touch with him. And to me, that's such a huge part of, of the intercessory part of, of prayer. It, it, it comes out of that friendship with him, but it's partnership. And so, it's not about making my requests to God, really, intercession. It's about, it's about getting in touch with, with, with what's on his heart and then just partnering with him. Um, I think it's Mike, uh, Mike Bickle or, or Corey Russell who said it's, it's saying God's words back to him. But but it but it's more than that. It's not like this artificial thing. It comes out of deep partnership, and I just I just want to know his heart. And when we say his words back to him, it transforms our hearts at the same time and conforms us into his likeness. Right? I mean, you you talked about how it's agreement and partnership with him, but yet it, there's a piece where it is us and our raw emotion and our difficulty coming to him and just saying, God, like I need you. 
And sometimes we, we think we know what's wrong or we think we know what we need. So we make our request to him or we say, God, I'm struggling in this area. Can you help me with this? But then like he knows us so well, like you're saying, he'll sometimes point his finger at something completely left field and just he'll point his finger and you can feel it. it's like, oh, this has nothing to do with that. It's like, you know me so well. And he just brings that out and it becomes a different conversation all of a sudden. And all of a sudden your heart is being transformed and changed. I just, I love the way he does that in prayer and you don't get that in other conversations. Yeah, what I think I'm hearing you guys say is prayer is just, it's relationship with God lived out, right? Because we're in touch with his emotions. We're in touch with with who he is in his different facets of father, friend, bridegroom, king. Um, the list goes on. It doesn't end there. And so, I mean, it's our cornerstone of Christianity. What sets us apart? We have relationship with God. Our God is not distant. We know our God. We can know our God. We can access that. Well, how do we do that? So, yeah, it's it's that when I was when listening to you guys talk, I was like, oh, this is summed up. This is just, it's a relationship with God lived out. And because of that, I get to hear from him. He gets to refine me. He gets to change my heart when he speaks into me. I get to look at who he is and ask for more of him. I get to contend for the injustices in the world, um, all because I have a relationship with God. And that is such a privilege. So do we have any practical examples or stories of what we're talking about here in, in partnering with the Lord's heart in prayer? Yeah, I love prayer and the way it can come into, well, it's meant to be everyday life, right? It's not supposed to be this thing you have to climb the holy hill to get to. Like it's it's supposed to be in the here and now and it's not separate from the rest of the Bible. So when he says, love your neighbor, go love the least of these, like prayer is such a part of that. And a story that comes to mind for me, I recently moved and so I wanted to get to know my neighbors because I'm like, oh, I've got neighbors. Maybe they need Jesus and I just want to love them and I want to know who they are. And um ended up having a really awesome relationship with my one neighbor. And so I've gone over to her place. We've talked. I like know a decent amount of her story. Just building a relationship with her brought us to a certain level of vulnerability. But then she ended up going through some really intense things in her life. Like we're talking one thing after another, really intense. And I'm listening to this going, I don't even know where she's at with Jesus, but I just have to pray for her. And so taking that moment to be like, can I pray for you? And I have no idea where this woman is at, what she's going to say in response to that. Turns out she was open. The door that that opened, I could have just said my words back to her, but that moment of pause, can we just invite God into this right now? Because these problems are so whole much bigger. There's nothing in my own power that could heal your body, that could heal your family, that could heal your past. Like, this is, I just need to invite God into this. And, and that changed, it changed everything. Like she was just undone by that. She like comes over now and asks for prayer when she needs this. And like, it's super awesome. And like me and my husband were going for a walk and she's like, wait, can you pray for me again? And she like is loving it. And um, anyways, it's just been cool. But I'm like, but this prayer, like there's prayer closets and there's prayer rooms and there's like stepping out and praying for someone for healing. And there's like, living out the command to love, well, your neighbor actually, but like just love people through prayer. Like it's it's the gospel, like just lived out in that because it's like, wait, we need God. Let's just, let's invite him in. And it does something to your heart. Like it softens you. I don't know, something about putting a hand on a shoulder and closing your eyes and people 
hearts soften. They are so touched by this. They feel so loved by this. I don't even know why that's so powerful. I feel like without the spirit, it just wouldn't be. But somehow when you're like, pause, let's engage in prayer. Um, it just, it's really powerful and it, it brings really authentic relationship. One thing that really differentiates prayer from even a conversation, I think, is that we can do it corporately. Like you never heard of a corporate conversation. There's group conversations on like texting and stuff. But when we're talking about corporate prayer, it's it, it can look different. It's, it's not just people shouting out their requests, but it's the de- declaration of songs. And even sometimes it's just music. Sometimes it's just silence in your chair. And, but it, it really is all about engagement, engaging your heart with the living God. I think that is probably my simplest definition of prayer. It's your heart engaged with His. It doesn't have to look like a conversation. It can look like a song. It can look like silence. That's why he says, pray continually. It's like, yeah, keep your heart engaged with mine as you walk out your life. Keep that engagement. Like, stay close to me. It's kind of the abiding peace that that we've talked about in the past, too. So, so for those who are struggling maybe to pray more, it's the beginning of a new year, and they want to start praying more. What would be one of like the first steps that they could take towards this? In our praying community, we always recommend praying scripture. It's really easy if you pray the prayers that are already written down for you. It gives you an on-ramp to start talking to God. And Jesus actually gave us praying tips, really. He told us how to pray in Matthew 6. But the problem for some people is the language can get a bit stale if you've heard the Lord's Prayer over and over. And so what I find to be helpful is to read it in a new version. So I'm going to read it uh, to us here in the Passion Translation. So this is Matthew 6. Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Amen. So as we head into a new year, and you're going to get this, it will might even be into February already when you, when you listen to this, but um, we just want to give you some, some practical ideas. If you want to grow in prayer, some ways you can grow. And this isn't a list that you need to work your way through, but there might be an idea or two in here that, that you hear and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to grab that. And, and I want to use this to help me grow deeper in prayer with God. And so I can start. And I would say if, if you're wanting to grow in prayer with God, the best way to grow in prayer with him is to pray. Like, it's just, just pray. It's just start, just sit down and start to have a conversation with him and be real about what's going on. But my encouragement to you is just start, like pick a time and do it. And just to jump off that, I would recommend you try an atomic habit. It's a thing I heard about recently. Start with a goal so small that you can't fail to do it. If you want to pray every day, Make your goal one minute a day because you can't, you can't mess up on that one. And once you get the consistency, then make it two minutes, then make it five minutes, then make it 20 minutes. If you have a prayer list you're trying to get through, have one item on that prayer list. Just make it small and then grow it into something. Because if you're not praying, like Brian's saying, all you need to do is start. And what you need to do is just start. Don't make it crazy hard. Don't go for four hours on the first day and then never pray again. We want to be people who continually pray. And one of the things that I found helpful is uh, is scheduling time to pray. 
because I know we're all busy people. We all have lots of things that we're committed to and working on and we're involved in. And I find like scheduling that time to pray, it doesn't have to be long what you were saying, Jehu, but it could be when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I'm going to engage my heart with God and I'm going to have that conversation and then building that into habits, but scheduling that time of when am I going to do this in my day so that I can actually accomplish it. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, I'd say having scheduled time is amazing and a great, just super practical tool to continue to pray and pray. It means just look at Jesus, talk to Jesus throughout the day is just thankfulness. Oh, Jesus, thank you so much for that. Oh, that was a great parking spot. Thanks, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, my heart's so encouraged that I got to see that friend today. Thank you. I find when I start thanking Jesus for the littlest things in my day, that's where it starts, but it lifts my gaze up to him. And maybe I thanked him for that friend I just got to see. And then I start praying for what he's doing in their life. And then I engage with him a little bit further, but I'm like, oh, well, I got to pray through every single friend I have, right? But just that heart and that posture of thankfulness, I find opens the door wide to talk to Jesus. And so, and you can carry that heart with you over the littlest things in your day to just really big things that really brings you to his heart. Just remember that the three to five second prayers throughout your day matter. It doesn't look like sitting down for an hour, even though it could to get that prayer time in, like just those moments throughout your day where you can say, Jesus, I love you. Or you see someone walking down the street and say, Jesus, how do you feel about that person? Or you turn your eyes to him once in a while when you're feeling down, you say, God, how do you feel about me right now? Just those three second prayers, I think make a huge difference. When I started doing that, it made a huge difference in my prayer life and I can really connect with the Lord throughout my day. I mean, these are just a few tips and I'm sure there's a lot more. So we're just touching on prayer a little bit today. Again, we want to make this into a series where we're going to go into this conversation a lot deeper. So we're coming to a close to this episode. And as we do, it's time for another... Wait, what does that mean? So today's word or phrase is rapid fire. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, so if we're going into... (laughs) If you're someone new... <clears throat> in the prayer room, and and you'll get this almost every prayer meeting that, I mean, we have intercession sets. So when there's an intercession set in many prayer room abroad, this is something they do, they do at IHOP as well. Uh, they often have this thing called rapid fire. So when you hear it from the mic at the front saying, we are now going to do rapid fire, what might you think that they mean? Brian, what do you think? Well, I personally think, uh, I think first thing comes to my mind is a polluted river. Um and with, you know, like, I don't know, maybe oil, different stuff like that that's gotten into it. And it's uh, it kind of is going over some rough terrain. And somewhere along the way, um, it actually got lit. And um, and so, as you see the rapids, they're actually burning. And it's you have a rapid fire. That's deep. That's really deep. So, Jaden. Well, it's actually pretty shallow because it's going over rapids. So, <laughs> pretty rocks. it's pretty shallow. Okay, yeah, we got to move on from that. Rapid fire. <laughs> okay, that was the wrong definition of rapid fire. Jane, you're our guest today. You want to give us, I mean, you've, you've led intercession sets before, I think. So you might have made a <laughs> call have. for a rapid fire before on I the prayer. You have. So what is a rapid fire? Well, rapid fire is generally when you get the whole room engaged in the prayer meeting uh, in a bit more of a practical way, because normally there's just the one person praying on the mic and other people can agree and contend for that same thing. 
But then when we go into rapid fire, uh, we open it up where other people can come and form a line and they can have their prayer request before God. So they'll form a line and they'll each take maybe 10 seconds and pray on a specific theme. Uh, I know at Sanctuary House of Prayer, we've often prayed for uh, specific towns or cities or communities or areas that God would come and visit. So they get to lift up their hometown before the Lord. So that's rapid fire. So it's a it's a chance for the full room engagement sort of thing. Like, let's get everybody up here and just pray some quick prayers. And we, and they go quickly, so it's rapid. It's not necessarily a rapid that's on fire. But it's also a great tool when you have a smaller prayer meeting and you have people who are just sitting in a room and you're always going to have, or, or frequently you'll have a couple of people who aren't comfortable praying out loud. And it's a great way near the end of a prayer meeting is just go around in a circle um, sitting in a living room, wherever you're sitting, small little classroom in a school, wherever you're at, and just get everyone to pray a, maybe a 10-second prayer. And the, the beauty of it is because you go around in a circle, it gives everyone an opportunity to pray, and it's a great chance for them to start learning how to pray out loud. And so some people aren't going to feel comfortable praying out loud when they first come to your prayer meeting, but it is a great way to get people familiar and used to starting to pray in a, in a comfortable way. And when I used to lead prayer meetings at Luke 18, sometimes people would pass. They kind of just either give you the nod or they would just be silent and then the next person would pray. But it gives them that opportunity where it's, okay, you can pray now. Now is a chance for you. You're not going to run into anyone else. You don't have to come to the front. It's just a quick chance for you to say your, your request to God. And I know that at our house of prayer, that's actually where I first started praying was, you know, I was in the in the community and I didn't quite feel comfortable praying out loud for like a minute or two having to try and lead this thing. But when it was time for rapid fire, I went up every time. I'd go and say my five second prayer and, and then the older men in the community, they would high five me afterwards and tell me great job, great prayer. And we get to do that now with, uh, with the next generation. They are coming up for rapid fire prayer and it's a great way to learn and to become comfortable in that. Yeah, if you got young kids in your room, and I mean, that's how my kids got started too, praying at the rapid fire at the mic, so. And you know what's amazing is that it still moves the heart of God. Like, yeah. it's actually powerful. It's not just a baby step that we do, oh, just to get the kids engaged or the people not comfortable praying engaged. It does all those things and it moves the heart of God. Like, he says in the word, like, you don't have to pray the super lengthy prayers. Like, you can, and he loves that. But like, you can pray a 10 second prayer that moves the heart of God, and that is powerful. And I find it so encouraging, like just to hear, oh, what's on other people's heart? When we say, let's pray for candle, what's the town that comes to your mind? What's Or what's the people group that's on your heart right now? And you get engaged in, I mean, all these people group get, get lifted up in like five minutes, right? By the time everyone prays short prayers for them. So it's super encouraging and something you can bring into prayer meetings, small and big. So you should do it. It's like a burning torrent of prayer. <laughs> Rapid fire. <laughs> so if that's something that you don't do in your prayer meetings and something you want to learn more about, just send us off an email. We'd be happy to help you out with that. So we are coming to a close to this episode. Uh, if you want to find out more information, visit our website at burningrooms.ca. So we actually have an Instagram page up as well. It's the Burning Rooms podcast. Go find it. You can find it on our website as well if you want to get connected on our social medias there. And yes, we are starting a Patreon. You can partner with us and join our Burning Rooms podcast team. And with that, you'll get a bunch of benefits that we will have listed on our Patreon page. So go find it in the show notes. Until next time, my name is Johan. I'm Jehu. I'm Brian. I'm Jessica. I'm Jaden. And this has been the Burning Burning Rooms Podcast. Podcast.